Welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Yes, we're back after about a two and a half week hiatus. Today is Thursday, the 9th of June, 2022. Uh, we being uh, uh, Kyle Robertson, the striker, the shield, uh, Jacob Myers, and of course myself, Michael Ayres. Um, all of the Columbus Dispatch, please go to dispatch.com. We have copious coverage of the crew um, and lots of other stuff there. Uh, Jacob just piles the stuff in there and um, uh, and all kinds of formats. And uh, if you want to know what's going on with the crew, dispatch.com is the place to go. Um, we're often happy and sometimes displeased uh, that uh, Patrick Flaherty is at the controls per usual. Um, so thanks for joining us, uh, gentlemen. Let's, let's get right to it here. Um, uh, since uh, we last met, the crew's played uh, two games um, one was, uh, and Kyle, you can talk about this one. One was the uh, the the so twice delayed, delayed yeah, uh, loss to LAFC at the New Crew Stadium. Um, what a day that was! Uh, um, Long. What did we get? Like two and a half inches of rain that day, something like that. Uh, what was the lightning too? Yeah, that, well, that was the big thing. It was the the ten mile radius of the lightning. For about four or five hours. I don't know. Tom Reed was whining all day about being too wet or something like that. So uh, mm-hmm. obviously rain was a factor too. And a week later on uh, May 28th, uh, the crew bounced back to beat Atlanta. Jacob, that was their first road win of the season. You were down there at the Mercedes, Mercedes-Benz Mercedes Stadium um, eating soul food and, and uh, sometimes watching soccer. It, <laughs> it, it did, and playing golf. <laughs> it did change the tenor of – of uh, of of the team, the the aura surrounding them, heading into a th- a three week international uh, break. Um, I mean, it really did. I, it was a yeah. two to one win. Um, kind of gritted it out at the at the end, uh, but well done. Didn't think this team could win on the road till they actually did. You know what I mean? It seems so far away. Um, uh, speak to that game and what they were talking about coming out. And and one of the things they were talking about, and we'll get to in a minute, is is the anticipation of what they might do when the international next international signing window opens on July 7th. Yeah, so going in, I think the narrative, and probably correctly so, was it It was a, uh, we use this word a lot, but a massive game for them going into the window. Oh, because dropping a massive. Whoa. Just a big game. Is it just be uh, redundant? But yeah, it. Look, they could have been six points back of a playoff spot versus two points back. And even this early in the year, 13 games in, that's a huge difference. And even if it was a draw, it would have been four points back. So I think just from that standpoint, it it was a big win. Yeah, as things stand, um, the cream's rising to the top in the Eastern Conference. Uh, New York City is at the the top of the ladder uh, with 26 points, Philly with 25. And uh, down in ninth place, uh, just two points below the playoff bar, um, is uh, your Columbus crew. Of course, Charlotte, Miami, and Cincinnati are directly ahead of them. And uh, that really, sh- if, if you look at things on paper prior to the season, that, that, that's, uh, that shouldn't have happened. Anyway, I just wanted to give the standings update. Uh, there they are, two points below the bar. It could have been worse if they, if they dropped points in, on the road in Atlanta. So Yeah, I mean, in that game, they kind of flipped the script a bit. And I've been wondering this for a while, and I think we've talked about it at times. I almost feel like this team, Certainly they have to do this when Lucas Elorayon is not on the field like he was in this game, but sometimes they're better without the ball. And, and what you saw was them just taking advantage of their big chances. They yep. had very first minute, Jonathan Mensah, 
pretty free header, doesn't yep. I mean, the defender just loses him in the middle of the box, scores, takes the early lead. I believe that was only the third time this season they had taken the lead, third or fourth. Uh, I can't remember. But it didn't happen very often. And then Eric Hurtado, well, who has suddenly emerged as, I would say, yeah. probably the starting striker right now, gets the start over Miguel Berry, and he scores his second goal yeah. in four games in a great yeah. one-on-one finish. Just how physical to him, too. Just yeah, I mean, you like saw his pace. Neck he, tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I can't confirm he doesn't have any. Uh, but, yeah, he he was very yeah. aggressive in getting to his spot and scoring. And Aloy Room showed up yep. and had his biggest game of the year. A couple uh, nice saves there at the end. Very good yeah. save. One right off oh, the yeah. line. It does still worry me that this team is, like, inches away almost every time from giving the game away. I mean, it was in the 90th minute, and they had a 2-0 lead. Right. And probably should have been a tie game by yep. the end. But they come away just two points back now of a playoff spot and some momentum, but some injuries as well. Our tour has a a calf injury that I believe was about a month or so. If I can remember correctly, I was covering the Memorial Tournament, but what Caleb Porter said. It looked uh, rough there at the end when he was limping around. Well, so, and locker rooms (laughs) have opened now, and this was my first opportunity to go on the road and talk to these guys, and he was sitting there, and and he was telling me it it was just completely dead. Um, I mean, you could tell he was basically unable to walk out there. I believe he even said that to me. And then Pedro Santos, who rarely ever gets hurt, pulls his hamstring. He's going to be out a few weeks. Lucas Elorion went from a knee issue to a thigh issue, though I believe Caleb Porter wasn't incredibly clear what the injury was. There was a report that said four to six weeks, then he said three to five, so probably about six weeks maybe, um, unless he can play a 45 here and there. Or any other injuries? Yeah, there's Jonathan Mensah. Mensa, that's yeah. much more recent. Yeah, Jonathan Mensah with Ghana and their international match, uh, Africa Cup of Nations qualifier. Had a head-to-head collision. Uh, didn't look great, but I was able to get into contact with him that day. Uh, he said he was feeling much better. Neck scans, head scans, all negative. Asked if he wanted to be the one to you know, tell crew nation that he was okay he said no go ahead and tell them their captain is is fine so uh, i expect him to be ready and the team expects him to be ready for the june 18th match was against yao, charlotte was yao dinged up yeah, he was oh, dinged yeah. up but there was no gotcha. injury specification with him kyle you've had numerous uh, negative head scans uh, what's that like coming back from <laughs> concussion or not <laughs> oh oh you're talking about concussion <laughs> oh, all right and then there's, it's kind of been looming ever since Jossie's artist was traded. Um, and that was some, some weeks ago um, that uh, the stated aim was to clear a DP spot, to clear cap space, and to sign another DP striker using, you know, in part the allocation money they acquired uh, from Colorado in the trade. Um, and it's been talked up like this was going to be a big thing. Obviously, a DP is a big thing. Um, and uh, let's let's kind of go over the 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 rumors, uh, Jacob and Kyle. Uh, uh, you know, for one thing, we heard a lot about Gustavo Del Prete, um, an, an Argentine, um, I guess, striker winger. Um, and um, where that stands now, according to reports out of Mexico, is is he's going to be signing with Pumas in Mexico City. Um, one that got away, I, I don't know, but there were a lot of rumors out there. And things. one that got away, I think, in the sense of just 
those clubs are richer than yeah. I mean, but the hell so, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of said that, you know, yeah. with a question mark on it. I'm yeah. not saying that uh, they were competitive, but ultimately chose yeah. the Mexican club. Right. I think it's the proper way to as far as we know. Yeah. Um, and then now there are other rumors, Jacob. Yeah. Uh, one being uh, former Houston Dynamo and Club Tijuana striker Mara Manotas has been rumored by several outlets here in the U.S., also in Colombia, where he's from, and then in Mexico, that he's set to sign with the crew. And after checking, uh, I mean, it was even Caleb Porter who kind of said this on the record, that they're still, a, he said, a couple weeks away. I think they're closer yeah. than that. But this is a player who Caleb Porter didn't say this directly, but it, it made sense the way he was talking about it. They have other guys they're still looking at, and just looking statistically at this guy, I don't think he's yeah. their top target. I think they're still waiting to see who else maybe they can get. And this is, I would say, their backup option. Well, Kyle, yeah. if this is all they come away Whoa. with, that striker, uh, it's underwhelming. Yes, I think so. I mean, Especially the way they yeah. they traded, you know, an iconic right. figure in, in team history and, and said, we're going to upgrade it. And, ju- and just mm-hmm. a few stats on that, because I looked into it. A lot of, I'm sure what you guys were thinking is, well, this player is, no better nor right. nor worse than than Jossie Zardes. Looking statistically in his time with he is younger, yeah, younger. He is yeah. younger. That About that's a big years, factor yeah. for sure. He's twenty six. Jossie's thirty. Uh, Monotas had sixty four goals, eighteen assists, and one hundred sixty seven games in all competitions with Houston. Whereas Jossie had sixty one goals, yeah. and nine assists, and one hundred twenty two. Breaking down goals and assists per ninety, Jossie was point six three with the crew, and Monotas was point six seven. Yeah with the Dynamo, and then with Club Tijuana, better competition for sure, but he hasn't been in great form. Ten goals and five assists in 47 games, which is a .41 goals and assists yeah. per 90. And they're ready to move on from, yeah. from, from Kyle again. I, get that. I just if, think if it's... This, if this is it, yeah, uh, if this it's, is it, it's I think hugely it's, disappointing. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I think that if if that's you know your equivalent, then I think a lot of crew fans... you know. But if that's the backup or if that's not the their main guy or if they see him more as a, a winger, then... You know, that's a plus if they say there's a other big fish out there. But I just think that that's, you know, I think ever since the stadium's open, you know, and them and them kind of promising, hey, we're going to bring in a, a big name, I think I think that would come up a little short. Well, let me ask you this, Kyle. What, what do they need to get to the playoffs? Well, I, I mean, they're right now. They got I mean, back in the hunt right. with, with, with three points. But I think you need a healthy Zardes and you need another – you need a goal scorer, a guy that, that can – that, that what Porter said, a guy that can put in 15, 20 15 goals. 15 to 20 Yeah, minute, but I don't, think that, I don't think the guy that they're looking at right now is that, you know, I know in the past, didn't he have like 19 goals one yeah, year? Yeah, 19 the, goals yeah. one year with Houston. And the thing I wonder too, it, I, I agree right. on the surface on the paper, yep. it would certainly be a disappointment right. and not line up with what they want. Yeah, there's no yeah. disrespect to Minota. Yeah, absolutely. You know, right. And the way he plays, maybe it just works right. better with the wingers, with Lucas Elleryon, because he is a guy who right. could create more at his feet than Jossie can. So maybe the puzzle piece fits better. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll see if the, if they get yeah. him. We'll see how he performs. Of course, again, it's what's pitched. Uh, perception's important. Um, Caleb Porter said flat out what we need is a top goal scorer, yeah. and he said that in April. And they're well aware, seven. too, I of mean, what signing a guy like Minotis would, would look like. As uh, I think they're well aware of what the perception would be. All right. I, any other crew stuff you want to take care of before we c- kind of tick off some national stuff, Jacob? I mean, when they're back... Um, the injury bug's weekend? a bit of a yeah. worry right now. 
Uh, yeah, it should be. I mean, those are some important players. No? Yeah, they're they're back. I, the Next last week? thing I yeah, the yeah. 18th against Charlotte. Then they're on the road on the 25th against Real Salt Lake. Then they have their first midweek game of the year at Toronto before returning at home against Philadelphia. Right before the international window opens again on the eighth, and they are at Chicago on the ninth. The plan is to get a player in before that window opens. The, that said player can train with the team and to have that player ready to play on the ninth. So you're looking at four more games here. They're going to be without a quote-unquote top striker. So to your back to your question, Mike, about what do they need from from here on out? You yeah, have, I mean, things. it's it's, it's that, that would be seventeen of thirty four games played before that player gets here. Ooh. So I think you're looking at probably nine to twelve goals from that player in seventeen games. That That's, is that reasonable? So you need a Higuain type impact. Yeah. If you remember when, uh, no, fair to say, Kyle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you you got to think if you're bringing in a quality player like that, one goal every two games. That's yeah. kind of what you need out of your striker anyway, wouldn't you say? Well, one that you're spending money on. Yeah. So back on June 18th, uh, 7.30 p.m. in the new Crew Stadium, and uh, the opponent is Charlotte, which uh, is in eighth place, yeah. uh, you know, on a tiebreaker. Fired above, their coach. Above them. And, uh, yeah, how about that? <laughs> God. It's so weird. And then what their GM or sporting director says, well, I don't want to say anything at risk of speculation. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Excellent, excellent communications yeah. staff in, in Charlotte. No question about that. Um, but that is Pride Night. Um, the Nordac is always... Uh, uh, it's soccer for all night. Yep. Yeah, soccer for all night, excuse me. Uh, but uh, I think the league bills it as, as Pride Night with what the crew is doing, correct? I think it's the opposite. I think it's pr- maybe p- Pride Night for the crew and soccer for all for Yeah, soccer, soccer, soccer for, for all. all. But is, uh, in, in any case, uh, Jacob... Uh, is, Which is weak, just for does, the record. Does the team have anything anything planned aside from what the Nordic's doing on its own? There are a few things I've seen them, but I don't know off the top of my head. Well, officially, what it is. I guess what it says is they're they're going to wear pride tops um, during warmups. Yeah, they're on the MLS website. There are other clubs who list like being a part of parades and, and with different nonprofits and so forth. All the crew said is they're wearing pride tops for warmups. <laughs> okay, how about a little something for the effort? You know, I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Um, Kyle, uh, just shifting gears now to to uh, international play. Uh, uh, the United States men's national team reconvened uh, with with Greg Berhalter a couple weeks ago. Uh, played played two friendlies, have beat Morocco, which is a World Cup team, right. three nothing in Cincinnati, and uh, best right back in the world probably. And then tied, yeah, yeah, yeah and then tied a zero zero draw with Uruguay. Uh, obviously, they've won a couple. A couple World Cups, although, um, you know, uh, they're not at the apex of their achievement right, right. now, especially given the South American South American Confederation. Um, but uh, still, a, a decent result in Kansas City. Um, uh, do you have any thoughts uh, on those? Yeah, games? I mean, they're still trying to figure out their, you know, who's going to be up top. I mean, I think they're 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 desperately searching for a striker, kind of like the crew. Um, you know, they brought in um, the new guy with uh, Bright. Haji um, Wright, um, who hasn't. Jesus uh, Ferreira just doesn't seem yeah, to have the finish. Yeah, you know? had be kind of falling off the the train. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's they're they're. I mean, I I think their midfield's pretty locked in. I mean, they got a lot of guys that are in Europe that are playing really really well, and you know, the back end I think is 
is all right. And and then, but then Stefan, um, the Miles Robinson hurt injury. Yeah. Really hurt I mean, him. So center back and, yeah. and, uh, and is it right back? They can yeah. use some depth. I think I think it's right, right back. But then again, you know, you got, um, you know, Turner and, and, you know, playing, playing pretty well. And, um, was it Sean Johnson got to start this yeah, weekend? He, he was yeah. Good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, you'd like to see Zach out there, you know, obviously for, for all crew fans and, you know, with his time at, at city, but you know, it, it that, that, you know, I'm sure as you know, as an older guy, uh, you know, backs are, are thanks, real tricky. Thanks, <laughs> there, there's still no, um, there's no player. I think that they would throw a net and I would be like, I don't know if this guy can get the done. Right. I, as much of a question mark, it is even Sean Johnson, right. who I like quite a right. bit. I'd say he's one of the top goalkeepers in MLS. Um, I, I think any of those guys yeah, could, could make he, the saves. Needed. Wouldn't he be fourth behind Horvath then? Right. Uh, Horvath wasn't yeah. even playing in, in his club. So, well, but, I, but I think news out of this weekend was the uh, the starter. I think, is he at Forrest, Nyan Forrest? Yeah. That he's leaving. So, I mean, he'll... Then get he would, the, yeah, get some starts. Very possible. In the prem. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think with I, Zach, it could just be simple that he's played a yeah. brutal calendar here. Even if he's not playing a right. lot, he's training and going to these games for um, UEFA Champions right. League, qualifying. It could just be as simple as he needed a little rest, yeah. which But he also fine. needs to play, though. He also, he does, he does, I, I think that's going to be the most interesting situation is he needs to get in a spot where he can put in 10, 15 games, I think, before the World Cup. You know, you don't want to. So this international window is, is uh, well. Was there one more? Not a, yeah, well, yeah, yeah there's yeah. one more, and they're going to have a couple yeah. friendlies. They, I think they've yet to schedule in Europe in September. And then right. November 21st versus Wales is their first uh, uh, World Cup game in, in, uh, in Qatar. Um, so there's only going to be one more chance to get together, really. Although th- there might be a camp in there somewhere, but I think that yeah. would be it. So, yeah, that is. Uh, you kind of want a striker. Be- yeah, and he's he's trying, guys. Yeah. It's uh, it's a tough road. Uh, upcoming for the U.S., uh, they they play tomorrow at uh, uh, in a Nations League game against Grenada in Austin, and then uh, they play at El Salvador in another uh, Concacaf Nations League game on Tuesday. So. We'll, we'll get a look at them in, in real competition with with uh, with the group we brought together, and, and it's a, it's a heavy rotation. Well, not a heavy yeah, rotation, well, but it's guys. about yeah. uh, thirty. I mean, he rotated guys in that he wanted to evaluate that uh, that yeah. may may not may not be, but he wanted. He's looking for answers, and, and he's trying new guys. And he probably should rotate these next couple yeah. games because I believe most preseasons for the European Grams. teams start like July first or something. Yeah, absolutely brutal. Just you know, Pulisic. McKinney, yeah. those guys, they don't need to go to El no. Salvador again. I do want, and I think the majority of the U.S. men's national team fan base wants to see this team have an awesome performance on the road. That was something that was severely lacking in qualifying. Awesome performance being getting a win. I still think a 0-0 draw at oh, yeah. Mexico is good and not worthy of saying the coach should be fired after. Well, they say that after. But I, every, I digress. Every 20 minutes. You know what I mean? It's a, 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 do you see, uh, comes um, with the territory. El Salvador is a tough place to play too, Kyle. You know, I've always had their issues in qualifying down there. So, did you see that? Um, America, I believe, is American Soccer Analysis yeah. made this like they put in so many thousand uh, U.S. men's national team like reply guys on Twitter tweets, and they made a bot that like you you just put in like Greg Burhalter, and it'll spit out some some tweet. It's <laughs> it pretty funny. Oh, the children are great, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know, it was an interesting weekend, uh, despite all the like NBA and NHL action that Ukraine game on Sunday uh, in Cardiff against Wales, the last playing game for to get into Group yeah. B, the United States group with uh, with Iran and uh, England um, at, at the World Cup. Uh, um, you know, the whole world was rooting for Ukraine and uh, geez, they played great. Yeah. They played, <laughs> they left it all on the field and uh, and they lost on an own goal. Couldn't blame the defender on that free kick. Um, you know, he tried to head it out of harm's way, but you know, Gareth Bale, that was Pace, like a thousand yeah. miles an hour. <laughs> and the guy, I mean, it was, it's lucky yeah. he didn't kill him, but yeah, in, headed into yeah. his own net. It was like this, the end of that game, Kyle was like one of the saddest things I've ever seen. Well, I mean, I feel, I mean, I, I'm happy for Bale. I mean, I think he's always been, you know, uh, you know, one of these great players who's kind of had to put, everything on his back and shoulders and try to get them in because they, Hey, that guy's looking for a club. Maybe yeah. they can bring him here and I'll gla- I'll, let, I'll gladly play around a golf with him. <laughs> He's a big golfer. Probably not a live tour guy. Yeah. Hopefully. Ooh, yeah. You should run some wind sprints with him. <laughs> um, but, and, and then, uh, you know, uh, the later that day, the U S I think it was Sunday. Yeah. They played in, um, they played, uh, in Kansas City uh, against Uruguay, another World Cup team, I think ranked 13th in the world. Decent performance, yeah. but um, released a letter prior to the game um, urging Congress to pass sensible gun legislation coming off the, you know, the latest shootings in Uvalde and, and Buffalo, uh, which, you know, Burhalter started his press conference with it saying how Man. proud he was of the team, like they're as sick as everyone else. And, you know, if you, if you read the letter, and I encourage anyone to do it, it's... it's uh, it was well done. Right. It says, you know, we don't know how much change we can affect, but we're going to try right. because, you know, we have this stage. And uh, I'm all for that. Yeah, no, I am too. I think anytime uh, an athlete takes a stand on, you know, either way, I, you know, I give them mad props because nowadays, you know, I think a lot of athletes are just, you know, right in the middle. Well, one, especially you're talking about international soccer right. players. I mean, what percentage of that team plays overseas right. uh, and in Europe specifically? And, you know, what they hear is all the time is what's going on in America? Right. Why? Because, you know, these mass shootings don't happen anywhere else in the world. And uh, uh, and I think they're tired of explaining to, you know, their their teammates, their their brethren, their cohorts in other parts of the world why this happens here. You know, uh, and I can't I can't. Yeah, blame, I, can't blame I think it's that. great. And, and lastly here, Jacob, uh, we have we have Canada. Which is taking the players are taking their stand. They want more transparency in the uh, in the process of, of the way they're compensated, and uh, they boycotted the men's a, and women's. Teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They boy the men boycotted a game in, uh, friendly against Panama. Um, they had to cancel that game, and it was rescheduled once, and then canceled. They canceled against I can't remember the opponent. I want to say El Salvador. That could be wrong, but then they scheduled Panama. Panama flew there, and then they decided well, not to show up to the game. So this is this is gumption, and uh, you know if you're you're a fan of Soccer Canada, um, you know your guys just won the region right. in World Cup qualifying, and uh, and now they're they're using their platform to to uh, get, yeah. to, to to get fairly compensated, yeah, or, or at least let's look at it, open the books, you know. Uh, yeah, I haven't like looked into this issue a whole lot, or or. I've more so just listened to people more tapped in and who have formed intelligent or what I perceive to be intelligent opinions on this. And 
what I've come away with, what they said, and I tend to agree with is it's like the Canadian Soccer Federation is now kind of at the big boys table now that their men's team is in and, and their women's team. All of them are probably looking at what the U.S. men and women just did with their collective bargaining agreement. Yes, the women are saying, right. "Hey, we've you know been toe to toe with the U.S. over so many competitions. Just beat them in, at the Olympics. Uh, they should be at that level too." So that that's more interesting to me is just to see what those CBA talks and the CBA deal between the men's and women's national teams for equal pay here yeah. does globally. Well, the U.S. women have for 30 years been an incredible force for yep. changing the sport all over the world. They've been a beacon, um, and uh, uh, sometimes they rub people the wrong way. I, I'm, I say Viva Yo. Um, uh, they, they stand for a lot of the right things, and, and, they, and they, they use their power, and they right. should. Um, um, it, at the same time, right. you know, MLS is when, – when the MLS players organized and um, – uh, there were some active players here. That was about 10 years ago or so, maybe 15. Um, but when they formed their union and uh, started uh, uh, to publish, the union published the salaries, that's, that is uh, the kind of transparency that these players, these unions need um, uh, because it, it puts it out there. It puts, it, just like other sports, you know, uh, uh, do the same thing. Yeah. And it's because uh, the players, the players, do benefit from mm-hmm. from the transparency. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm prattling on here. No, I, but I, I think it's a shift down. in the game. I mean, I, I think as we're seeing here in the United States, it's, you know, I think there's always been really good soccer, but now with the TV money and all these other entities and digital media rights and everything like that, that, you know, the players should be getting, you know, you know their fair, fair share of fair their, their product. And I, th- and I see that Canada is kind of on the same, you know, trajectory, kind of like as the United States with their soccer and with the, with the world cup coming, you know, 2026, right. It's, it's Canada, Mexico, you know, and the US. Yeah, Mexico, and the United States that they're, they're, they're probably going to see a shift in, in the way things are going. And I think it's great. I think it's, you know, they need to be paid. You know, the women need to be, you know, making what the men are making. If, you know, if they have the same success and they're bringing in, you know, the same type of, you know, attendance and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I think the only, tricky part is in, in the USA figured this out is that world cup bonus, you know, the, the men's game brings in billions and billions and billions of dollars of ad, re- re- ad revenue where the women's not quite the same. And that's, that was always the, the, well, the sticking the, point. The winner money is determined by FIFA too, right. which is which a I, whole well, other well, that's what main I'm trying to say. systemic it, issue you know, here. Yeah, yeah. That's FIFA. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a transparent organization. Right. <laughs> uh, I think, but you know what I mean though? It's, 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 you know, the, the, that World Cup's been going on for a very long time. And it's, you know, as, you know, what you say is bigger than the Olympics. I mean, it's as big. I mean, it's bigger than the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's bigger than the bigger than Nations League. It, it is yeah. the big, it, 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 you know, on a yearly, ba- the Champions League on a right. yearly basis is, is the biggest. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's packaged out. But yeah, the World Cup's right. the biggest event in the world. If you want to look at TV viewers, I mean, period. Yeah, another and, and revenue. Yeah, right. another quick note on that. Uh, something that will be more reported in the coming months is what MLS's next TV broadcast rights deal is going to look like. And there have been rumors of them Ooh. getting rid of local broadcasts and just having national broadcasters do all the games. Hmm. Maybe not on site either. Which. Um, well, that dovetails with the current trend, and that is that uh, you know Sinclair, which owns a, which bought the Fox regional networks and paid too much for it, they're losing money. I mean, 
we're we're nearing a point where the Bally Sports Ohio's of the world um, are going to are about to disappear because the business model is collapsing in on itself. When well, they're working on a streaming service, reportedly, well, and how, and what comes out of that is going to be very interesting to track because the day is coming very soon when you can't just hit your clicker and and watch a Crew game or a Blue Jackets game or an in or a Guardians game. I almost said uh, mm-hmm. Indians Guardians game or or a Reds game. And so on and so forth from coast to coast all over America. This dynamic's changing. Uh, all the leagues are on are try, are trying to stay on top of it. You throw in the gambling element and and what what they think they can get uh, from that industry in terms of of revenues. Right. There's a weird stew brewing right now, and 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 I think already one of the casualties that's been burned off right off the top of that stew are the regional sports networks. And what, how that void is filled is going to be fascinating to watch in, in the next, oh, starting right now and going forward. In a bigger discussion, not to be held in this podcast, but there's been no critical thinking whatsoever to what this kind of fetishization of gambling with live sports, yeah. with balance, has any effect on just uh, mental health, you know, with gambling addiction. There's been no critical thinking of that. Frankly, I find it repulsive. Well, there are models out there. If you want to look at England, for instance, yeah. uh, uh, you I've know, been doing a long time. Uh, uh, you can <laughs> with the real time gambling. And, uh, Maybe Phil Mickelson already... will come back. <laughs> oh, geez, that tour. Uh, I, I, we have to stop now once Phil Mickelson gets dropped on the conversation. <laughs> Did you see what he's wearing today, by the way? No, I don't want to know what he's wearing. I don't really know. Is don't it care. the Masters yeah. polo? And he has he, Masters polo and his logo. Blacked out yeah. ink over the Masters. <laughs> I always I always think of him and you know uh, a persecuted athletes since yeah he's he's really uh, he's really had this suffered the slings and arrows of uh, you know it's kind of like Muhammad Ali Phil Mickelson yeah. you know or you know it's 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 really uh, you know he's really a, a beacon of hope to to the downtrodden <laughs> <laughs> doesn't he have ties to Columbus though uh, yeah, we, we, won't, we, we don't want to go there, man. The, you talking about the FBI ties or, or the other stuff? All right, Jacob wants to get one more thing in before Patrick yeah. already turns the light out here. Lights out here. Quick shout out: um, Columbus Crew two first yeah. place in the Eastern Conference at eight and two through ten games played. Uh, Jason Russell Rowe, I believe, was named player. the Player of the Month yeah. for MLS Next Pro. So they don't get uh, a ton of coverage. Partially, uh, you know, I'm to blame for that, but. I'm the, I'm the crew beat writer. Um, but I, I they deserve a shout-out because yeah. they're playing really, really well. Uh, and I believe they were down 2-0 in a game the other day and 1-4-2. Yeah. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, so if you're free on a weekend, uh, tickets are extremely cheap, yeah. much cheaper than the $70 upper bowl seats at Lure.com Field. Um, they were supposed go check to play them out. after the LAFC game too, right? Yeah, they and that were, was a yeah. huge bummer. Yeah. Uh, they would have probably had a good crowd yeah. for that. Um since you mentioned that, uh, you know, Keith Nas texted and said that Zardis and a number of other Colorado Rapids played with the two team last night and they lost to St. Louis by, by, by two goals. Uh, are a lot of teams um, using this window to uh, keep their players fit? By- yeah, absolutely. Eric Hurtado is a great example. The crew did him, uh, sent him down, and he ended up right. being in good form, came back and scored two goals. Um, we'll that see. in particular, like, He's not on an international window. I, I bet the, the crew are supposed to play tonight against, I believe, Inter-Miami's second team. I, I'll check that real quick, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a few guys who are around to just go play in that game. Get uh, some minutes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Kyle, you get in there, man. I 
I'm waiting for a phone call. The striker. Okay, and that's it for this edition of the Soccer Speakeasy. Um, uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Again, check out Dispatch.com. There's a lot of uh, the wonderful galleries by Kyle um, and all the great uh, beat work by Jacob Myers. Uh, I'm Mike A-Race uh, for Patrick Flaherty, the podfather. I thank you one last time. And Patrick, please kick us out of here.